Well, hello, hello, and welcome to yet another exciting episode of Skeptics and Seekers. I'm your host, David the Skeptic, and I'm joined by my good friend and co-host, David Russell. David, how you doing? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. All right. Hanging in there. Fantastic. Busy week. <laughs> yeah, very busy week. Yeah. Um, we've got, um, just so you know, next week, uh, let, me, let me go ahead and say that while I'm thinking about it. Next week, uh, we are going to have a discussion with several uh, skeptics. We might throw in a Christian or two just for the fun of it, but we're going to have some discussion on the subject of what if there was a God? What would we do? Would we worship? And I think that most of us uh, who are going to be discussing this would not. And so we will have to explain why on earth we wouldn't worship if we knew for sure that there is a God. It would be challenging, actually, uh, to skeptics. And so we'll talk about uh, exactly what we would do and why. Uh, I don't quite have the full panel set up, but I think what I'm going to be doing, I'm almost sure that what I'm going to be doing is recording 30-minute um, segments with each person, and no one person besides me will know what the other has said, and so we'll do it uh, like that and then put it all together at the end. It'll be a lot of fun. Um, like I said, we might uh, throw in one or two Christians just for conversation uh, in there. Russell, you're invited to be a, a part of it, uh, if you like, but... Um, yeah, it'll be, a, it'll be a course of several interviews. We'll have it ready by next week. This week, we are going to be talking about, uh, frankly, my favorite subject, the hiddenness of God. Uh, I have not talked about this nearly enough on Skeptics and Seekers, but I could probably talk about this every week and not get tired of it. Uh, I think it's the biggest of the Christian problems. It is bigger than the problem with evil. It is bigger than the problem with suffering. Uh, I think it's much, much uh, tougher for the Christian to deal with. Um, and maybe it's tied uh, with another subject that I uh, want to talk about, which is the subject of ex-Christians. Uh, the fact that there are ex-Christians, the fact that people uh, have been on the inside and walked away is one of the biggest disconfirmations for God. I want to do that show. Um, I've been uh, working on that uh, theme for a couple of years now. And I'm ready to talk about it. But today, hiddenness of God, uh, we're going to skip a lot of the preliminaries because we just don't have a lot of time. We've got a heart stop coming up. Uh, my apologies. I uh, had promised to get you some comments on the board. Uh, that's why I put the show up, uh, the blog up early. We do have some comments. I would like to talk about them, but we're going to have to not to just to just to get into the conversation with our heart stop. So apologies um, there. And maybe we'll get into some of those comments uh, in the next week or two, because I do want to get back to looking at uh, some user comments and talking about those a little bit. So uh, hiddenness of God. Uh, I've written a blog post, skepticsseekers.squarespace.com. That's skepticsandseekers.squarespace.com. You can read the blog in its entirety there. You can uh, join, discuss, and uh, comment uh, as you please. Already a very interesting uh, conversation. You can send me an email. DNB, uh, uh, no, <laughs> I'll just give you my personal email address. That would be bad. Skepticsandseekers uh, at gmail.com. Uh, I think, uh, and uh, please uh, visit uh, Russell's uh, show, apostatize, please apostatize now.com. <laughs> or I don't know if I got that right. Uh, proselytize or apostatize. Matter of fact, we had a wonderful debate last night. I, uh, I was actually the debater. Uh, David Palman hosted, and I debated whether Easter was a pagan holiday. And we got everything pre-recorded and, and everything. And I went to go play it back to see how it came out. And my mic was not working the entire time. So uh, it all worked through Skype, but it did not 
work through OBS and yeah, I was a little disappointed. So, <laughs> well, sorry about that. The, the good news is you were wrong. And so people didn't get to hear it. Um, I don't even know what your position I got was. I crushed, right? <laughs> it was embarrassing, uh, but don't worry. <laughs> you know, at least it was pre-recorded and it wasn't live, you know, so I didn't have anybody in the super chat tell me, hey, your mic is not working. So I guess that's a benefit and a, uh, a uh, disadvantage there, but. I really like the secret chat. I, I yeah, like the, I do. the interaction in the chat rooms. Uh, by the way, I've been thinking about opening up the chat room to everybody. Uh, yeah. Just kind of a precursor to trying out live podcasts, just uh, dropping the link and opening up the chat room yeah. uh, and letting anyone come in and disrupt. Sure, you can yeah. say anything you want to in the chat. I don't care. I'm not yeah, going to turn your you mic know, on. You, the, a benefit of doing that is if you get like StreamYard, you can actually, if you don't want to actually invite people on, you can throw their chat up into the to the window of the stream and actually everybody can read it. So, yeah, we'll we'll work that out. We got some yeah. things to work out. Um, yeah, I have ideas, people. I have thoughts. <laughs> I just don't have time to implement any of them. Um, but I suspect over the break this year, uh, we're going to, talk about some of the technologies that we'll use and uh, skeptics and season seekers season four will look different than the last three seasons. Uh, thankfully we've got someone who understands media on the show. And uh, so we'll make that happen. All right. Uh, hiddenness of God. Do we have anyone on the show who understands the hiddenness of God? Um, I do not know what Russell's views are on this subject. And since I have put out, uh, a complete blog post. I can I can summarize, and I, I probably will summarize a little bit uh, for those of you who have not read it. And really, shame on you for not having read the 3,000 words of blog post. Don't tell me it was too long, didn't read. Um, what I am actually interested in is getting Russell's uh, initial thoughts so I can know which way we're going to go. Russell, uh, what do you think about the hiddenness of God? Well, you know what I was thinking? Um, I was thinking about look, just going through your your blog post and we can ask questions as they go because, you know, I didn't I wasn't able to write up my own stuff preparing for the debate this week. So, uh, yeah, let's let's go through your blog post. I think that would be good. Um, a, a direct answer uh, real quick is I don't think God is hidden. I do believe that there's maybe a, there, you know, you can might be able to justify a shroudness. So there's a lot of uh, complex issues. I do think theists need to address it. I don't think that it's something that they should shirk behind, but I don't think it's uh, a big, a bigger problem. I don't think it's like the biggest problem because, you know, there's a lot of counters to it. And uh, people like Paul Moser, I, I know, has have, have wrote extensively on it. I don't know if you've ever had him on the show before me, but uh, yeah. And and not only that, but like you were talking about, uh, uh, I, I got a great Christian for you for your deconversion stuff. Uh, he's actually writing a PhD on it. His name's Joel Furches. So if you want to look into that, he's actually uh, a Marylander. So he's on the East Coast with us. So. Okay. But anyways, um, yeah, sure. so yeah, it, I'd, I'd love to get to talk about. It. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, right. OK, so uh, I just wanted to get a couple of things before we went into the blog post. Like, for instance, uh, you already um, said that you don't really think God is hidden. So that's that's big news right there, because a lot of Christians do say that God is hidden and then they just proceed to give reasons why he's hidden. So you would reject that premise that God is hidden. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Yeah. 
Okay. I, I do believe in some sort of shroudness, and I do believe that the divine hiddenness does have to be dealt with. So, yeah. okay. So by shroudness, you mean maybe a little bit harder to see, but not completely hidden. Um, yeah, it's complicated. Like I said, I, I mean, I haven't done research on this in years, <laughs> so I'm going off the top of my head. So if I misspeak, any Christian can correct me and David, you can take me to task. It's all good, man. Well, I'm going to take you to task no matter what you say. So it's, you it's, it's my job. Um, so sure. Let's, uh, let's go through it, uh, then. A little bit. I actually think that the moment a Christian admits that God is hidden, it's a game over. I don't, I don't actually see the point of playing <laughs> at that after that. Um, because, you know, if I say I couldn't find God, and they say, well, it's because you know he's you know hidden for whatever reason, and they give, they could say, well, you know, he's hidden because you're a bad person. Great, it's it's fine. Whatever the reason is, he's hidden. Can't find him. We're done. We're yeah. done. What I mean, where else is there to go? I can try to say, well, I'm not a bad person, but what's the point of playing that game? He's hidden, can't find him. We're done. Well, you know, I, I think there, uh, you know, we got to, if we're going to look into the hiddenness of God and we're, it, it, you're kind of jumping into theology at this point, you're jumping into the realm of theism. Now, if you're going to give me like a Schellenberg argument, then, you know, we can examine that. But I think there has to be more said than that. Yeah, if the Christian admits that that God is hiding and there is truly uh, good and bad in the world, then, I, I mean, we still have the problem to deal with that God does exist and so forth, right? So we do mm -hmm. have to deal with the problem of, of hiddenness if that's the case. But, uh, yeah, I have a kind of a nuanced view. So, I mean uh, – I don't know what direction we'll head, but. <laughs> okay, well, let's start with Schellenberg. Uh, let's start with the whole idea of non-resistant, non yeah. um, uh, non, the non-resistant non-believers. Is that how it's? Put? Yeah, it's the yeah, non-resistant non-believers. I, I think that would, that you know, that presents the best, best way to go about it. I, I, you know, if there is that, um, then yeah, we have a problem. Yeah, so that's that's a start. Uh, I would say that I first heard that term uh, while listening to Unbelievable several years ago. Um, I don't remember who the guest was or the show, but it was it was four or five years ago by now. Uh, but that show really uh, stuck in my mind. It was a show of where Justin brought on uh, some young young man who was uh, a non-resistant non-believer. He was even a churchgoer. Uh, Went to, went to church weekly. Uh, people, he didn't go to church under false pretenses. People knew that he was an unbeliever, but you know, he was, he was, he was doing the thing. Uh, he was trying. He had conversations with his Christian friend all the time. They, and um, most, much of the show was, it, it seemed to me, just Justin and the other guy really probing him to see if he was really a non-resistant non-believer. I mean, they, they have to acknowledge, yeah, I don't, I don't think this guy is lying. He seems to be a non-resistant non-believer. But it seems to me the moment that you have one of those non-resistant non-believers, or uh, it's, it's what I would call a, an honest atheist. Uh, I think non-resistant non-believer is a little bit bulky. An honest atheist is a guy who just honestly doesn't believe. Are you an um, honest atheist? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Or you? Mean- uh, no, you're not. You're you're an anti-theist. You said but, you wouldn't but, even worship God even if he did exist. Well, but let me let me clear. I am an anti-theist in that I don't like uh, the God picture that's been shown me. But I'm an honest atheist in that I honestly don't believe it. Uh, so I'm an anti-Hitlerist, but I believe he exists. I'm an anti-Auschwitz. I don't believe, <laughs> but he I exists. believe that it was real. Um, he doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> well, he does, right? But I believe he existed in history. And I so being you. being anti-something doesn't mean you're not an honest something. I'm I'm honestly anti the biblical God picture that is shown to me. However, I would happily admit that he was real if he was real. So those two things don't have anything to do with each other. Um, I don't know. I mean, that 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 does go against the science. I mean, if if you really look into this issue, you have to look into the state of people's psychology at this point. So I think that you have to give some leniency to the studies that are out there that says people believe what they want to be true. Well, <laughs> um, I think and that and that and that you know, regardless of something exists and, you know, you have proof of it, a lot of people might not accept it anyway. I have I mean, a, look at I, the overwhelming evidence we have on a spherical earth. And yet we have flat earthers. Right. Right. And I, I don't think <laughs> and that, we do have people that deny the Holocaust and deny its existence. That's that's true. And I, <laughs> I think, I think those people are kooks, but yeah. I, I think that, whether something is true uh, has nothing to do with whether you want to believe it's true or not. And in my case, I, I know that there are things that I believe and have come to believe that I never want it to be true. Uh, just, a, just a little fun fact about uh, science. Uh, I'm as uncomfortable with the idea of entanglement uh, as Einstein. Now, Einstein's a lot smarter than me, so he had better reasons for being uncomfortable with it. But I think that really, you know, this action, uh, this spooky action at a distance uh, idea is um, is a little bit weird to a lot of people. Um, and that it is a thing that when I first read about it, I wanted it to be wrong. Uh, I, I certainly didn't want to believe it. And so I, I studied a lot about it. And to the extent that I am capable of studying a subject like that, I have come to the conclusion that it is true and I still don't want it to be true. (laughs) Um, So, you know, believing things that I don't want to be true are pretty easy for me to do. Um, It's so I I think it's a little bit of an ad hominem to say, well, the only reason you don't believe in God is because you don't want to believe in God. No. Uh, But, but I would say that if God is the type of thing that if the only way you can believe in him is that you want to believe in, in him, that's a problem too. Because if humans are truly depraved, they have no reason to want to believe in God. Well, that, you know, yeah, if you believe in total depravity that way, that it, that it is uh, goes against uh, uh, denying responsibility, um, I could maybe. But um, what I was going to say is that you know, David, you're not everybody, you know, uh, and some people and, and like I said, there's there's studies on this that say the opposite. They say that people will go with what they want to believe over what is true all the time, <laughs> you know. Um, so there is there is that factor, you know, and we have to consider that when we consider this debate. We can't say it's an ad hominem because I'm not attacking your character. Uh it's not ad hoc because 
there's studies out there that suggest otherwise. So I, we have to deal with that. So there is a subjectivity to this. And this is why I don't think it's a problem, because I don't think it's a problem because it's like me giving an argument from religious experience. It's a, it's a subjective argument. Um, you say there you say, you know, God is hidden and therefore, you know, God doesn't exist. I'm saying, well, um, no, God isn't hitting. I, I think there's plenty of arguments. I think there's plenty of arguments from natural theology that I can come to that say that God does exist. And, and there's the resurrection arguments, which are historical arguments that come to say that, hey, yeah, uh, I think Christian theism is true. And, you know, that's and you say no. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of right, like an but it would, from it would be somewhat ad hominem if I said the only reason you believe is because you want to believe. Um, how is that attacking your character, though? That, I mean, because, that could, it's, that, because it, it's because it's suggesting that you really aren't telling the truth. Uh, no, about, it could just it could just be that uh, you don't want it to be. Yeah, it's not saying that that's a bad thing. I mean, some people just want to believe certain things. I'm not going to say that that's uh, well. That, a that is a bad character. thing. If if epistemologically speaking, it's a bad thing. If the only reason you believe something is because you want to believe it, then yeah, you, yeah, you're believing for bad that. reasons. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, I have, in fact, said that sort of thing uh, on a number of occasions of people, and it's and it is ad hominem. Um, okay. And so okay. I can acknowledge that uh, because I'm in I am impugning your integrity as a believer if i'm only saying you believe just because you want to believe and you don't actually have any real reasons um and if you're saying the only reason i don't believe is because i don't want to believe then you're actually impugning my integrity as a non-believer uh you're okay. saying that i don't actually have any good reasons all right well um all i can do is refer you to the uh the studies on that so there is a lot of bias in belief, so I don't think it's it's necessarily a bad thing, and it's it can be once it gets to a to a point. But yeah, I see what you're saying, and yeah, I yeah, hear I, you. I agree that there's a lot of bias in belief, but this is why belief itself is bad epistemology. <laughs> so you have to have an epistemology that takes you beyond what you well, emotionally feel or want to be true yeah well justified true belief right right and that's but that's different than i just want to believe it's true that's that's different than it makes me feel good and so i'm gonna go with it right and and it makes me feel better thinking there's not a god but that's not why I believe there's not a God. I stopped believing that there was a God when I felt better believing there was a God. So that, it, that, that just doesn't hold with me and frankly, with none of the skeptics that I know. Uh, because the people that I personally know who, uh, were, who are extians, they were people who loved God uh, with all their heart, who were into religion as, as far as they could get into it. And when they started having doubts about God, it wasn't because they hated God or didn't like God. It was, that wasn't it at all. And they, they spent a lot longer in the church and in the faith trying to hang on to it. So it, you know, what you're saying okay. just goes against lived experience and the uh, testimony of pretty much everyone. Well, it's not what I'm I've saying. Ever heard. It's, it's, 
it's it, it's actually there's actually studies on it and it goes deeper than what I can recall to memory right now, but okay. well, maybe you can, um, maybe you can post those links. So I, I question the studies, yeah. um, but non-resistant yeah. um, non yeah, belief, so you what you it. would, but so if what I call honest atheism, uh, but if you want to add uh, the non-resistant, non-resistant, non-belief to just make it uh, clearer, if that somehow makes it clearer, and I don't think it does, uh, you still have to wrestle with the fact that there are people out there who fit into that category. And you either, you have one or two choices here. It's very binary. Either there are non-resistant non-believers or there aren't. Uh, where would you, which way would you go with that? I would say there are. Okay. And that's, and, but here's the thing. I have a nuanced view here. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think there could be. Um, again, I, I can't get in the personal psyche of, of people. So Wait a minute. I, you went from there are to there could be, so we're, we're getting worse by the minute. Well, well no, I mean, when I say there are, I mean, like there could be, yeah. And that's, and you know, I can't judge for sure. You know, I can't. Would you say that you were almost statement. certain that there are uh, at least uh, more than zero people who are non-resistant, non-believers? I believe, uh, like I told you, I, I think uh, as far as my certainty goes, I think there could be. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, how would you define an unresistant non-believer? Ignorance. Let's let's go the ignorance route. Let's say they they have no knowledge of God. You know, but they would believe if given the opportunity. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't like putting ignorance in front of that because that just says the bias that they don't, they just don't know the truth that there's a God. Um, you're assuming that there's a truth that there's a God, whether there is a God or not. Um, well, this whole argument assumes that God is actually hidden, right? Well, right. But whether there's a God or not has nothing to do with whether a person is a non-resistant non-believer. Uh, so you can say that's a proposition that could be true or false. A person comes to that, the conclusion that they don't think there is a God, uh, whether truly or falsely, for good reasons. Uh, therefore, they're not actually resisting the idea of there being a God. They have done the research and come to the conclusion that there isn't one. Uh, I, I, I think that it kind of uh, poisons the well a little bit to say, well, it's because they're ignorant. Because now we're, we're trying to come up with reasons why they conclude well, that well, there isn't one. Yeah, David, and that's why I said I hold like a nuanced view when it comes to this. Uh, you know, well, I'm just we're trying to tease it out. We're, 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 we're describing two separate categories. I'm defining that there is a category of, of people that are ignorant to it. Uh, you're suggesting that there are people that are not ignorant to it. That have come. Oh, they're to, well informed. Just well informed yeah, people. Yeah. So at that point, I would have to question. Okay, why? Why don't? Why? What's? What's the deal with, with the evidence that you're finding hard to accept? You know. So and, and that's and that's a whole different story. And I can't, like I said, I can't personally get into the psyche of somebody and see why they believe and not believe that's why i think this is the, the, these type of arguments are just like they're subjective arguments they they they, they don't hold weight here well okay but the, the people, a lot of the a lot of the christians um people like jonathan mcclatchy uh, i'll just mention him because i've uh, had one public debate with him um 
He doesn't. I don't think he does believe in a non-resistant non-believer because uh, at the end of our debate, I asked him very specifically, uh, do you think it's possible that there are reasonable people out there who would have a different opinion than you? Uh, you know, that, that maybe there's some, you know, they're not unreasonable. They just have looked at the evidence and don't agree. Is it possible to not agree? And he doesn't think that it is. He doesn't think that it is possible for reasonable uh, for there to be a reasonable person who disagrees with him on the subject of the resurrection. I asked uh, Lydia McGrew the last time I talked to her a few weeks ago, uh, and she was slightly more conciliatory than uh, McClatchy, but uh, her answer was similar. Her answer was, well, if they know what I know, then they couldn't reasonably uh, disagree. Uh, and so at underneath a, a lot of this conciliatory language of, sure, there might be some uh, uh, non-believers, seems to lurk the real suspicion that there aren't any. So e either if, if you are somehow a non-resistant non-believer, it's just because you've never heard a presentation of the gospel. Now, I've given you a presentation of the gospel and you still don't believe, well, you're clearly not a non-resistant non-believer. And so it, it, it ultimately comes to, no, they really don't think there is because they understand how big the problem is the moment they start admitting that there are. Uh, so they don't want to be the jerk that says, no, everybody who is a non-believer is resistant and uh, dishonest and lying. They don't want to say that out loud, but when it comes right down to the details of the conversation, that's what it ends up with almost every time. It's kind of why I'm pushing you on this a little bit. Uh, either there are or there aren't, and you're saying there could be, but I wonder uh, under what circumstances you think that is the case, um, because it is a real problem for the Christian the moment they do admit that such a person exists. I don't think, uh, I don't think that there is that, that type of problem. Um, like I said, there's two categories. I do believe that there is the, the person that is ignorant and it, there are the person, there is a person that you're describing that is given sufficient evidence to believe in God, but they come to the conclusion that he doesn't exist. So I, I, I don't know what to say to that point, because if I think it's sufficient evidence and he thinks it's not sufficient evidence, I can't get into a psyche to, to understand why. All I could do is judge it for myself. So I, I don't know where if there could be a, a person that has sufficient evidence or if there is sufficient evidence that 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 that, that leads to reasonable uh, non-resistant unbelief. So I don't think I could answer that fully. Um, I think there is sufficient evidence. So you, you're talking to somebody that already thinks there's sufficient evidence. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how you would expect me to respond to that or, or the Christian. Well, um, I expect I, you to respond truthfully, even if it makes you an asshat. Uh, well, yeah, and, and that's I'm being as truthful as I can. Like I'm trying to work through the 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 question here. Yeah, well, just work through the implications for a moment. The implications of the question, in case anyone, by the way, has missed the implication. Um, the implication of the question is that if there are truly non-resistant non-believers out there, then God has not revealed himself sufficiently to that person. And therefore, God has no moral uh, right to judge that person harshly for not believing him. Uh, in him, if that person, in fact, 
is open to believing and simply has not uh, been presented with the kind of evidence where he could reasonably believe. Um, that, puts, that puts God in a fairly bad light if there is such a person in that state. Furthermore, if that person dies in that state and then suffers punishment for being an unbeliever. So the, what some people like Dale, yes, I'm invoking Dale, uh, here, but I think I, I think I understand his position uh, well enough on this to to do so. Uh, what Dell would say is there most certainly could be uh, uh, non-resistant non-believers out there, uh, but they have to the point of no return um, to to change their mind. And there will not be at the point of no return a person who has not had sufficient and convincing information. And so they will, be able to make a choice. And so we know that anyone who dies and ends up in hell uh, as a non-believer is really not a non-believer because they would have had uh, the sufficient opportunity. So yes, there are people right now alive who, um, who are honestly ignorant, say, um, and have not received convincing information, but they will. It's kind of a faith statement that they're, they're can ultimately never be, in the final analysis, a non-resistant non-believer. And that's where I was going to say my nuanced view would go. Uh, I was going to actually mention this later on when we actually got to it, but you kind of just propelled us to it. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, there, uh, there are people that are writing a lot about uh, uh, post-mortem uh, salvation type stuff like people are getting presented the gospel in that state or, or in a state as you said dale would say of there's a point of no return where person has given the the evidence and at that point that's that's when they choose to get saved or not and it's interesting i mean you can look up the the different authors that are actually starting to propose this i think even uh, uh c.s lewis talks about this in in the book uh Till we have faces something along those lines but yeah uh <clears throat> yeah right well dale would dale would even say that the point of no return is not necessarily at death so he thinks that yeah. there might be a possible he doesn't say this yeah. firmly but he believes that there might be a possibility that after death there is yeah. still an opportunity for someone to obey the gospel after they have um seen sufficiently um yeah. so mm -hmm. I think that one has to propose something like this uh, because in the reason one would propose something like this is because they definitely see the problem of non-resistant non-believers. Yeah. Uh, if you didn't think that was a problem, if you're say a Calvinist, the Calvinist does not care whether you're oh, a non-resistant non-believer or and not. And that's what I'm saying, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's what, yeah, I hear, I hear you. Uh, and I would agree. I mean, I'm not a Calvinist myself, but, yeah, I mean, they're complete determinists. So you just miss the boat if you miss right. the boat. <laughs> this, but this is this is why it's such a problem, I think, for Christianity. Uh, because once the problem is really outlined and out there, you do have to come up with some kind of theodicy for it, some something to make it work. And so let's just uh, run through. Um, uh, let's run through some of this blog post. I, <laughs> as I say, starting at the beginning, starting before the beginning. Uh, so, uh, what do you want to just take major bullet points here? Sure. Whatever you'd like. Okay. Indistinguishable from not existing. That's my first bullet point. One of the problems with, um, a hidden God, if he is hidden for any reason, 
then I can't distinguish a hidden God from a non-existent God. Uh, so, you know, if I say to myself or, or, or to you, uh, I, I've looked around in the world and there is no God, you, know, you might say, well, you're making a, you're making a positive argument, but the argument, I, I'm just making a positive argument from what many Christians have already admitted is that God is hidden. Well, if God is hidden, he's non-existent to the one he's hiding from. Um, you know, a hidden thing, uh, I, I, this happens in my house sometimes. Uh, my wife, I'll just put it on my wife because she doesn't listen to this podcast anyway. Uh, my wife loses things from time to time or, you know, mis misplaces something. You know, do we have the, do you know where the blank is? Well, no, I don't know where the blank is. Well, then you need to buy some blank when you go to the store. Well, but we have some. No, we don't. <laughs> because not knowing where it is is indistinguishable from not having it. Because here it is, I need it and I don't have it. I don't care. If it's in the house somewhere, if you can't find it, it doesn't exist. Uh, you got to buy some more. Um, so that's my first minor um, point is uh, you can't really get on an atheist for saying that God doesn't exist if he is indistinguishable from non-existing. Okay. I think he is pretty... I, uh, again, I think there's plenty of evidence that suggests that God does exist, that we can come to a reasonable conclusion that he does exist. So I don't know if that... I don't know if that's the answer you're looking for or, or what, because you didn't really ask me a question there. There's no, but, there's not a question there. Just... Okay, good. Yeah. So, no. so yeah, I would, I would say uh, if, if God does exist and he hides himself completely, yeah, there, there is no, uh, there is no excuse for him sending morally sufficient reason for him to send people to hell. You're right. But that's assuming that he's hitting and that's if he isn't, I don't think he is. So, right. So, uh, because you don't think he's hidden but only shrouded, we'll maybe open up more of what that means. So, move to the next uh, major point. Um, and I think that we will have some conversation around this gamifying salvation. So, um, here's the deal I'll just make this, um, I'll, I'll reduce this as simply as possible. To be told that to find God, you have to seek him. Feels like a game to me. Um, and so I question the, excuse me, the morality of saying, of, of gamifying salvation in, in, in this game of hide and seek. You know, I will reveal myself to you only if you seek in the right way. What's what is the point of that? How is that not immoral? Um, I don't. I'm not sure. I know what you mean. Uh, again, like I, I come at this from a point that there is no hide. You know, there's just you know God gives us sufficient reason to come to belief. He sent Christ to the world, and Christ died for the sins of mankind, and tells us gives us a pretty pretty detailed outline of of uh salvation and why uh we need to be redeemed and uh his whole book is about redemption history so i don't i think there's plenty of evidence that suggests that that's the case what do you so, hear would you hear seek and you shall find seek what find what i think it's uh i think it's uh i think it's more of a a um kind of like uh maybe a uh 
what are those? I can't even think right now. What are those, those, you know, you're using like a metaphor, but it's not really a metaphor, but it's just like a, uh, exaggerated statement. Like we're already, we're already seeking for God. There's already, you know, those big questions are on the table and Jesus is basically saying, Hey, if you, if you want to know me, then, you know, seek me, you know, if you want to know why more do, about why me, do we need to, why do seek we need, more, you know, why, why not? I mean, no, I mean, why? Why seek? For instance, uh, uh, David, I I want you to know me. Yeah. So um, I would have. I to, won't. No. I'd have to have a don't. relationship with you. You actually don't. I actually, I actually went to you, and said, "Hey, I'm here. I'd like to talk to you." <laughs> right. That's that's not that's not um, that's how it, that's how it went. In fact, that's how it goes with almost everybody I know. Um, they don't, I don't force anyone to seek me out if they want to find out more. Uh, you know, it's not like there's this universal imperative that if you don't know David, you're not going to have a good life. And if you want to have a good life, then you need to seek out um, David. No, I'm going to, I'm going to knock on the door of everybody I want to know me uh, because I, do, because you don't have to go through some kind of game, you know, when I want a, sh a guest on the show, I send them an email. And if they say no, I'll send them another email. Um, there, there's no gamifying that. Uh, if I want you to know me, I will come to you in a way that uh, you can know me and I will give you the opportunity to know me more. And if you reject me, uh, I will give you the opportunity again to know me more because I want to talk to you. Um, there's no game here. Uh, and so we've got God uh, telling us, you know, we're, we're doomed without him. But if we really want to find him, we've got to seek him. That, sh that seems weird to me. Just the idea that we should have to seek him as opposed to him knocking on our door and saying, here I am. Uh, I'm God. Let me sit you down. Uh, let, me, let me tell you what's going on. Um, he, could, he could make that a very interactive, very undeniable uh, transaction and he yeah. does not well he does i mean and that's what jesus is saying you know um i have come here i am now it's your part you're you're the next steps on you and that's what that that means so okay, you're, you're making statements that jesus did that he came and he did a thing mm -hmm. this is first of all this is a faith statement okay it's it's not something that i can actually check on for myself. Uh, so if he wanted to be known by me, he could have come to me. Uh, he, he didn't. He came to someplace way away from where I'm ever going to travel a long time ago that I'm ever going to go to. Uh, and that doesn't really do much for me. Heck, I don't think it would have done much for people 50 miles away from him, um, uh, in, in even in his time and place. So I find that insufficient if you're saying everybody in the world throughout history needs to know me accurately. So I'm just going to come to this small village for a, a few years, and then I'm going to go away and I'm going to leave the only record of that visit being uh, by very disputable documentation. Um, and people are going to have to rely on faith as opposed to you know, their greater intellect to, to believe me. That's not the same thing as coming and being known. Um, but 
it also is predicated on once you actually take that step and try to get to know him, that he reveals more of himself to you. And now you're now you're just going up against what Christian the Christian theology itself. You know, you're going up against what Christians have claimed throughout their entire existence, which is, you know, once that that uh, that 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 we cross that bridge of Christ, that now we have a personal relationship with God. Now you're you know you're just going against that. So I mean, it comes down to again this idea that's that deals with the sub- subjective. Well, I, so I that's why I don't think I'm this argument's to, even that strong because it I'm deals with the subjective. It. I'm going uh, against it, and I will get to that in a later bullet point. But the fact is, I'm going against the very idea that that should be the case, um, that we should have to somehow cross this Rubicon of, of hard-to-believe things. But that's the thing. To... You're, you're, you're assuming that they're hard to believe. No, you're saying I'm not God assuming is too they're hidden. hard you're to saying, believe. I'm you're saying, saying they God are is too hard hidden. to believe. No, you're saying that God is too hidden, therefore God doesn't exist. And that's just an argument that starts with, uh, it's uh, or starts with its conclusion. That's a circular argument. So well, I mean, I don't know wh- where we're going to go with that. I, I would I would say though that it's you you would need to make that counter argument with Christians who are very happy to say that God is hidden. Um, and I would say so, that you would have to make that that to people that say God is not hidden, like Paul Moser or uh, Mike Jones or or myself or Dale or anybody else that claims opposite Gary Haber. So, I mean, we could we could start naming that all day, but we're just going to keep going think, around in a circle. I think, I think Dale would say that God is hidden and he would go nah, with the route I mean, of he's got reasons. I would um, I would I would I would say that if me and Dale had a conversation about this, he would end up saying that God's not hidden. He's probably shrouded for good reasons, that there's some some shroudness going on. So if you want to address why maybe would, God I don't is think shrouded. I don't think he would equivocate between hidden and shrouded uh, because you're I saying, he well, he's equivocate. there, but he's hard to find. Uh, you know, that's, uh, I I would say he's there and he's, he's there sufficiently for people to see, but I think that there are reasons that there are, is a sort of shroud that that is. How do you define shrouding? shrouding? How do you just define that? Well, I mean, I I would say that, that, well, no, I I don't, I don't want to say it's not equivocating. I just don't want, I just don't think that uh, if, if God is, is real, if he produced himself in um, in a way where it forces people to believe the where it can violate their freedom, uh, I don't think that would be conducive to his plan. Well, forces and violate. What strong language for just showing up? Um, You're talking about God, so that could be a reason. You have okay. to deal with that reason, regardless. So moving moving through gamification, okay. we don't agree that uh, there, no. and we're not. But honestly, everyone should agree with me because, um, frankly, or me, or me if, because because he is if, another. I am another David, and you know. Well, I mean, for that reason, they should give you respect. But um, you're a Russell and not a Johnson, so they shouldn't agree with you. Um, <laughs> I looked it up. Hey, just somewhere. because you're the actual Johnson, and I'm just Russell the Love Muscle, then no, <laughs> it's just like. <laughs> Uh, we'll leave that one to, uh, <laughs> let's just call it out. We'll leave it to Darren. To and no, Andrew, 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 because <laughs> yeah. he's the one, yeah, he's the one that gets, gets that going. Yeah. I was thinking uh, of him when I said that. So yeah, that's not going to end well for you. Um, okay. so uh, See, Andrew, you corrupt my mind here. No, I'm just joking. 
So uh, the the next argument that we get to in, in the list is something that you had kind of said, but I took umbrage to you and said, look, we'll get to that next uh, or soon. Well, we're getting to it. The The fact is we looked. So if, you're, if your argument is what you need to do is seek Christ and um, then and then he will somehow do this extra mile thing. Now he will reveal himself more fully to you. Uh, I, I can just say that's not true. That wasn't the case with me. It wasn't the case with millions of people just like me. Um, and so there, that doesn't seem to correlate. Now, you, the, I think the best you could say, just being very generous with this argument, is that he does that with some people. But then he's, he's just picking and choosing who he will reveal to. Uh, feel himself too, but just because you choose to believe in him and you you come to him with all of your heart and sincerity, that doesn't mean he's going to choose to reveal himself to you. Uh, so, the, if if that's an argument that you're making, you you're gonna have to let that go because it doesn't work. Um, I think there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, you gotta. I think there's one thing that that you're missing here is that God can reveal Himself sufficiently to people especially his people uh, as they can handle it. So, I mean, there is that, that notion in there as well. So I think that there's, there's certain amounts that he, he does reveal and that depends on the maturity of the Christian as well. So, okay, so I, I think all at reveal... once, I think that all at once could, could inspire a lot of different problems. Um, and then you got to ask yourself this one too. I, I just had this question. I, I wrote down earlier from when I was reading your stuff. Go ahead. I, what type of evidence that. could we have without removing that freedom? You know, okay. that, that has to do with the other. other Let me ask you to ask question. that question when we get down a little bit further in the okay in the post, because that's okay. going to go uh, well with another section. But okay. uh, yeah, just with this one, I think that the Christian has a, a problem on their hands. And again, it becomes another type of ad hominem uh, attack when the Christian says, well, if you had really revealed yourself, I mean, if you had really uh, had faith in Jesus and put your trust in Jesus, he would have revealed himself sufficiently to you, whatever sufficiently means, you know, maybe not fully, but it would have been enough. And if you didn't have it enough, then you weren't really, um, you weren't really sincere in accepting Jesus, whatever, the, it becomes that kind of attack. Um, and if you accept that, no, there, there are exigents, people who were sincere Christians who never did get that assurance um, of God's presence, then then you have a problem. That's a, that's that's problematic. Okay, but you gotta. I justified that that statement on the fact that somebody had already accepted Christ. Um, I, there's the I don't I can't get in the the realm of somebody's personal psyche and find out why they have reasons to reject God. I, I don't know. So I don't, that's why I said, I don't think I can get really, really far with that because again, I, I think this is a, a subjective argument here. So right. am I, I, I don't think I'm insulting somebody for saying, I don't know uh, when it comes well, to but what, why they what, reject God. The, the insult would be in the form of saying, well, you weren't a real Christian. You didn't really accept Christ. That that would be the insult. Now, if that's not what you're saying, great. Uh, yeah. You're not you're not attacking in an ad hominem way. But if you're not saying that, you're saying they did accept uh, genuinely, then you have a problem for God not revealing Himself to them in a way that's meaningful. So, yeah, and then we would get into the whole uh, if they hadn't 
got any revelation of God or, or so forth, and we can actually declare that to be true, I think that God would. Again, I would go back to the argument that we stated earlier that God would reveal himself to somebody that's truly having those type of troubles. Right. And the yeah. fact that he didn't to so many is a problem. And once again, the only thing the Christians left I don't think is, is just uh, just attacking the sincerity of the, the non-believer at this point. Well, no, I mean, that's not true at all. I think that we're actually... Uh, God's actually providing a way to uh, to be known, and He does it at different points to different, uh, uh, or He does it, and in some way, shape, or form, the person is going to be presented with that chance to accept Him and truly accept the truth of it. So I don't think that's a problem because He's actually doing it; He's providing that evidence for them at some point. Okay, well, it's it it is then I would say cruel and still uh, immoral. If let's, let's just use me as an example, uh, let, let's say uh, because I know how much I wanted, uh, I know how much I wanted it to be true. And if God is going to reveal Himself to me one day, let's say uh, on my deathbed, um, how much life will I have spent? Uh, railing against the true and living God. Uh, how, how do you think that makes me feel? Uh, how many people might I mislead uh, because God didn't reveal himself to me in a timely way? It, it's, it's truly cruel and immoral if God is going to reveal himself, but he's like, well, I'm going to leave that guy hanging <laughs> until he dies. Um, that's, that's still cruel. That's still evil. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't save God from the uh, accusation of immorality. Well, it, the, the only thing you can say is, well, he's got a good reason for it. I wouldn't necessarily say that. I would say that there's a lot of things that we'd have to examine uh, in your psyche <laughs> to say whether you're a non-resistant non-believer or if you're a resistant believer okay so there you go again bringing so bringing are, my are you a question <laughs> well I, I i mean i'm i'm bringing it into question i think we all need to examine why we uh believe and why we don't believe you know i think we need to examine our own psyches in that in that right aspect, been, been there right? done that so, examination will uh okay. will always do that but i'm not going to answer to you on the question of my sincerity well you don't uh, have to. don't have to yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, with and, you. and and by the way, you'd be a jerk to try to try to interrogate me on that. Yeah. No, yeah. And, and you know, <laughs> and you would have to come to me and I'd have to have my psychology degree and so forth. And you know, I I understand. Yeah. So uh so what I went through is the first the three three reasons why I think the hiddenness of God problem is in fact a problem. I uh the next three points, which we will run through, are some of the major points that Christians make for the hiddenness of God, some of their responses to it. Uh, so uh, number one, God doesn't owe us anything. Uh, do you agree with that take uh, from Christians? I, I know this is a very yeah, Calvinist response. Uh, you do. said that you're I not a God Calvinist. God doesn't really owe us anything. Okay, you think I'm that not, God doesn't owe us yeah, anything? Yeah, I do think that, yeah. Okay, I disagree. I think God, God owes us stuff. 
so I did mention three things in the in the outline. Um, one is he owes us the simplest possible choice. Um, and by that, I mean, we shouldn't have to choose whether he exists or not. Salvation should not be predicated on whether we guessed right about that. Salvation should be predicated on whether we accept him as our savior or not. Uh, kind, kind of like the demons. Uh, it's whether they choose to trust him or not, whether, not whether they choose to believe he exists or not. Uh, but God hasn't given us the simplest possible choice. He's, he's given us a whole lot of choices that we have to navigate. Uh, and so I think that if, if, etern if eternity is on the line, uh, he owes us uh, the simpler choice, which is will we accept him or will we not, rather than having to go first through the maze of is he real or is he not. Okay. Um, I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I think he's... Well, rephrase the question a little bit. I mean, the first, the very first part you did break up. So I want to make sure I'm gauging it correctly. Yeah, it's not so much a question. It's just a, a statement of what I think God owes us. I think okay. God owes us the, the simplest possible choice of do we accept him as our savior or not? So he, he can say, here I am. Uh, kind of like uh, the show, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette, a show that I've actually never watched in my life, but I, I think I know the premise. Uh, so you have the, um, let's say the bachelor and, uh, he's interviewing, uh, you know, 10 or so women candidates to, to be his wife. Yeah. Their, their choice is after getting to know him uh, or his choice after getting to know them is, will I marry you or will I won't? He, he's not having to choose. Does this woman, uh, that I, I've been given a description for it. Does this woman actually exist? Right, that would be ridiculous. That would be a ridiculous show at that point. Now, here are the women. You get to talk to them and meet them and hang out with them. Um, the only thing you have to choose is will I marry you or will I not? And that's what I'm saying about God. Uh, we should only have to choose will we marry or will we not? Not go through the dance of does he exist or does he not? Okay, well, I, I think he's given us sufficient evidence otherwise to come to that conclusion pretty easily. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't see the, the big problem there. Okay. Next point. Uh, I disagree. You're wrong. Uh, <laughs> the, second thing, <laughs> this, um, the second thing he owes us uh, is protection against the powerful enemy. Uh, so... Uh, I would say, uh, take the Garden of Eden story, uh, literally or not. Uh, I think for this, for the purposes of this point, I would take it literally because it just seems to be how it's presented. You've got uh, the new humans. They have uh, one rule, uh, do this and don't do that. You know, it, it's very simple. So they've got a simple choice. However, uh, what they also have is a demon uh, or a, a demon infested serpent or just an evil serpent in their presence uh, that's giving them strong uh, and convincing temptations to do otherwise. Now, I would say that the story goes south uh, in a hurry at this point, because what on earth is that serpent doing in the garden? Um, why should this become a game show? Uh, you know, you've got your instructions, which you seem to be happy to follow, but let me throw in this monkey wrench. 
And I am saying that he owes us protection from that sort of thing, if he can give it. And he obviously can't and just chooses not to. He's the one who allowed the demons into this realm uh, and gave them free reign to uh, deceive and possess and whatnot. And so I would say that, yeah, he's, he owed us protection for that. He didn't give it. Okay. Uh, I think that there's uh, so much that, that he does and that he can do. And there's also the aspect that he gave us freedom and responsibility to choose. So he gave us a command to obey. Regardless of what comes at us, we still have to uh, uh, stand up for that in the face of whatever scrutiny we, we pass. So there is a level of responsibility that he also gives us with that freedom. And if we violate it, then we violate it. So I don't think sure, he does owe us on that. No, no so you're wrong in that. No supernatural forces should be allowed to come at us. You're saying regardless of what comes at us, nothing can come at us that he doesn't allow, that he doesn't want to come at us. He's the one who, you know, for all yeah. intents and purposes, sent it after us. Yeah, so I mean, it, it, to have free choice, we have to understand that, you know, uh, we have a certain amount of responsibility. And if he took all that away, I just argue that, you know, we really don't have freedom at that point. Yeah, this is just as step bad in. as one of he's gonna step in every time what we have a problem and you know No, I, that's not stepping in when we have a problem. He's sending us the enemy. <laughs> so no, the enemy's coming at us because the enemy obviously had a, a free choice as well that got him cast out of heaven. So uh yeah, I mean Yeah, he but has, he didn't have to have free access to Earth. But he did. God, God, God sent him here. So that's that's what we're talking about. So you're, he allowed you're him to put, come here, and, exactly. and that's the thing is like you're. I don't. You're ha you have a problem with the theology, so that it doesn't. It's not really a problem for the existence of God. It's well, now. I have a, I have a let's with talk the about theodicy. I'm just, I'm let's talk about is, theodicy. And this is so what forth. he owes us. He owes us protection from supernatural. Uh, evil that that would otherwise corrupt us. The the argument you sound a lot like Teddy in this. So I'm I'm going to invoke Teddy as well. Hello, Teddy. Okay. Um, it, one of the worst arguments she's ever made about anything. And so this that's saying a lot. Her uh, her argument is that well, if God didn't send the devil to tempt us, then it would be too easy. Well, wait a minute. <laughs> like what what's wrong with that? He gave us a choice and. He, what what she and you seem to be saying is, well, we would obviously make the choice to do good. So he's got to make it harder. We wouldn't have a choice. We just know. I would say that our choices are would be truly eliminated. Wait a and... minute. If everything is going well, we do have a choice. We're choosing to uh, keep things going well. We're choosing to do the right thing. You were saying, no, that's just not fair. We've got to send a supernatural tempter with uh, superpowers who can make you really want to do the bad thing. You're saying left to our own devices, we wouldn't choose to do the bad thing. It's not that we don't have a choice. We simply wouldn't choose to do the well, bad thing. Well, I don't think the serpent was completely supernatural in that that aspect. Of maybe he was coaxed earlier and he just was like, Hey, and then he came in and, and okay. did the temptation. Well, the so serpent, I mean, we've got so many things wasn't... to deal with that we have to unpack. And I don't even have the Bible out in front of me right now. Okay. So. Well, I assure you, a lot of the listeners do. 
and they know and they can they can they they can judge for themselves on that you know but you just it doesn't matter whether you accept it doesn't matter whether you accept that story is literal or not that's that's not even the point the even allegorically uh what the story is clearly saying is god doesn't protect you from that sort of thing and i'm saying you should have um and you know if humans are going to do the wrong thing let's do the wrong thing by ourselves just let us do that don't send other uh forces against us don't we have enough against us already well not at that time we we didn't we had bliss oh Um, right like so so if we didn't have enough against us you wouldn't want to go on record to say nothing (laughs) no no there's but what i'm saying is that we didn't have we couldn't possibly have made a real what i'm saying is that we we had a choice we had a we had a choice to obey god or not we chose obviously not to actually we chose to do it and god sent the demon to to make the choice again there's several david there's several different ways to look at this there's several different ways to unpack this and the christian has over the years and Mm -hmm. there's different conclusions on it so Mm -hmm. if you want to go that route that's fine but it's again it's just a subjective opinion not not unreasonable uh, to go that 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 has words of the story Genesis, well, I mean, Genesis, yeah, yeah, Genesis yeah, yeah. three. If want, again, if like I said, this has been unpacked over and over again. Yeah. So let's, let's let's read Genesis two and three. They're very short. You can just read them. Skip chapter one because it doesn't have any bearing on this at all. Um, so uh, the third thing that God uh, owes us, by the way, I didn't think I'd get as much mileage out of that bullet point as we did. Uh, the third <laughs> third thing that I think God owes us uh, is clarity about whether or not we're on the right path. I think this is very important. And uh, some Christians would say, oh, absolutely. Uh, God God uses the Holy Spirit to confirm, you know, our, our status with God or something like that. But once again, ask all of the people who uh, walked away or even all the Christians who are still Christians, but still struggle with knowing whether they're on the right path or not. There, there doesn't seem to be any clarity. I think with all of the things that we have to guess at or just have faith about and are not sure about, with eternal destiny on the line, there should, at the very least, for those who are doing their best, uh, be some kind of clarity about whether they're going in the right direction or not. I think there is, uh, again, I think there is clarity i do think that the uh the holy spirit tells you that you are on the you know correct path so i would probably give the same christian answer that you said most christians would give that we are on the direct that that path so maybe you should clarify a little bit of sure all of the christians who think that they're on the right path where other christians say those are fake christians or those christians are teaching false doctrine those christians really aren't on the right path you know you just look at the christian debates whether it's on gay marriage or um you know any any hot button topic and uh you know both sides think that they're being led by the spirit uh well it depends on uh, yeah yeah you're looking at you're going now you're going through different issues as well i think that as far as like the right path would be like yeah you're on the path of uh sanctification now that 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 that's a a wide open book to where we can have uh you know wrong opinions and less developed opinions and even even make error and an example uh, that i brought up with liz jackson yesterday um you hear the podcast folks it's uh it's in the discussion feed of the podcast you're listening to now 
Um, so Who, um, what, what, of, what did you Liz, what did you do Liz, yesterday? Real quick? Uh, discussion with Liz Jackson. Um, on what? Uh, on epistemology and also Pascal's wager. Okay. And uh, that was uh, Dale's. That was on, from Dale's show, but he's already posted in the uh, blog, so everyone can listen to that if you like. It was a uh, it was a fun show. Uh, one of the things that I brought up with Liz when she uh, was talking about peer disagreement uh, is she was saying, well, you know, there aren't any real disagreements between uh, Christians. You know, we we all agree on the core things. And I was saying, no, you don't. <laughs> Give me an example, she says. So I said, baptism. Uh, there's there's a group of people who would say baptism is essential for salvation a group of people who don't uh that is a core belief if you're if you're wrong about the issue you would be unsaved uh it's not one of those uh you could be right or you could be wrong it doesn't matter kind of issues uh, there are a number of issues like that um and so uh, i think that when people have the quote-unquote wrong uh idea about that God owes them uh, the, the knowledge that you are on the wrong track or the assurance that you are on the right track uh, because they're, they're clearly doing their best. And they, and they clearly don't have any real guidance on that. Well, I think they do have the guidance. It's just how, how much, uh, how, how do you read the scriptures? And this is where I'm saying people can be wrong or right on it i think there is enough out there that you cut the conclusion that all you can need is god and i and i knew that there's several studies that have also been done on the convergence of belief when it comes to christianity and the core issues do uh present themselves pretty substantially and pretty poignantly so i, I know there there are people that that jump onto uh different belief systems or or they have different things that they consider core but i think that also is after the fact that hey yeah we do come to this singular notion that jesus christ is the one that brings us redemption okay so, you, you know, you're, so you're just speaking as a person who's dismissed baptism as an issue so you think um and you're you're yeah. speaking as as baptism is an issue right but okay. but you're you're missing the you're you're missing the point in your okay uh it you have come to the conclusion that it's not an issue, so you don't care. It doesn't matter if someone's wrong about that to you. However, if baptism is an issue, if it is true that baptism is necessary, you're going to hell. It is, it, it's that kind of issue. It's not the kind of issue where it doesn't matter, you can be right or wrong about it. It's, you can be right or wrong about it if you're right, <laughs> but you can't be right or wrong about it if you're wrong. Isn't that how we come to conclusions anyway? Right? Like we no. examine the best, the best. No, you, I, uh, I, well, I, are, I put this, I put this issue out there to just make the point that Christians do not have this universal agreement on core issues. It, it's you can define core issues in a way that none of the issues really matter. But I am telling you that others who are also Christians in the millions define core in a way where these issues do matter, and you would be on the wrong side of them, but you dismiss them because you just automatically assume, well, they're on the wrong side of it. And so it's well, not an I important issue. I don't assume that. I, I, well, you I do come assume to it by, that. No, I don't. I come to it by way of investigation. Fine. Just like you've investigated and you've determined that. You've determined that it's not a core issue. It, but you're dismissing 
the idea that it is a core issue for those people. Because and, I've come to the conclusion that this is true versus and so, this. And I'm so you're saying dismissing. that all Christians agree on core issues and you're only including Christians as the people who agree with your set of core issues. Uh, that agree with not just more set we of, still have we still your have set of core variations. Issues. I think there's conversions on core issues. So, I mean, again, that's something that you would have to come to the conclusion on that. Hey, yeah, uh, I did my investigation here and this is why I believe it's this way. And the person that's going to come to their investigation the opposite way. I mean, we've I mean, got we've got David Kimball Cook, who uh, pops in the forums from time to time. David, I hope you show up. Uh, yeah, I'm name checking David Kimball Cook. We've got another show uh, that we're going to be doing this year, if all pans out. So uh, David Kimball Cook, he's a, um, a unit. Is uh, I don't think he would call himself a Unitarian. Uh, biblical Unitarianism. Uh, there's a term um, for it, but he doesn't believe in the Trinity. Uh, and many would say that if you don't believe in the Trinity, you're not a Christian. That's a core issue. Um, then again, there are many who would say, well, the Trinity is true, but if you don't believe it, it's not a core issue. Um, these are core issues. And so you, all you're doing is shaving down the list of core issues to, the, to your list. And you're saying, as long as people are in this list, then we all agree on the core issues. Um, it's, it's kind of disingenuous or, or blindsided or myopic or something uh, in the way you look at that. But God is not clear to people that they're, go that they're headed in the right direction because there are so many people uh, who are sincere who are obviously headed in the wrong direction. Um, that shouldn't be the case. Why? Why shouldn't that be the case? Why shouldn't there be a case of be, being able to come to a conclusion that's true or false? There should be... Because eternity, because eternity uh, depends on it. And we're talking about people. We're not even talking about resistant non-believers here or even non-resistant non-believers. We're talking about believers in this case, people who have gone ahead and taken the leap and they still don't have this assurance that they're headed in the right direction. If you're saying, well, why should they have that assurance? I just say you're a moral monster for asking the question. Well, yeah, yeah. If that's that's, that's not what I was getting at, I was just trying to see, okay, what what were your what, what were you thinking? What's driving you to that question? So I'm um, I'm trying to understand what you're saying here. Uh, maybe I'm not understanding way, it. I don't clarity. think you're a moral monster. I think um. no. I think there's. I think that, like I said, I just think you're wrong on that aspect. I'm not like. Uh, questioning whether people, uh, uh, I, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Yeah, you don't think that God owes I don't anyone think, any kind of assurance, any kind of I think, uh, signpost that they're in the right I th direction. You don't yeah, think well, God no, owes I think he gives. Anything. I think he gives that to us. I, again, like I said, I think that when it comes to core issues, I think definitionally that there are a convergence of those issues that that come through and if you don't accept them then you're outside that realm of uh a christianity of orthodoxy should you say so yeah i mean that's a belief i hold so i don't know yeah. what you're getting at or or how that comes into the picture i think what? god supplies enough evidence to meet the requirements of those core issues so i i maybe i'm 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 not understanding your objection here or your statement. Yeah, I think uh, I think we got enough to let the viewers decide. 
Okay. Um, yeah, uh, but to the extent that you yourself don't understand, I see. I think I understand what you're saying. I just agree, uh, disagree. But uh, and I don't. Obviously, you're going to disagree with me, but I want you to understand what I've said, <laughs> so that you can disagree uh, intelligently. So all of these things are under the umbrella of things that I think God owes us. The ultimate, uh, the argument for God's hiddenness is God doesn't owe us anything. He doesn't. He doesn't have to show up. If he does show up, uh, he doesn't have to give us simple choices. He doesn't have to make the path easy. He can make it hard. Uh, he doesn't um, owe us any protection against any enemies he throws at us. And he doesn't owe us any clarity on whether we're going in the right direction or not. This is this is what the person what the person defending hitness would have to say, and I just think that all of those are non-starters. God does owe us that if we want to think of him as a moral creature. Now, if we want to think of him as an immoral, um, uh, capricious God, then sure, he doesn't owe us anything. But screw that guy. What are we even talking about him for? Okay, I believe that the true God is morally impeccable. Uh, I got one of Paul Moser's quotes here. Would uh, always seek what is morally best for us, thereby giving us an opportunity to achieve without coercion God's kind of moral goodness. Uh, God, in other words, would be a redeemer, enabling us through knowledge of God to be rescued without coercion from our moral deficiencies and thereby to become morally like God. So I... That's kind of like the view I hold in a nutshell. And you got a partner with you. Who is this? Oh, is this Flair so for the for the show here? <laughs> I'm trying to try to get him. Uh, get him Calm down. down. Hey. <laughs> yeah, I um, I showed my cat. You showed uh, your cat yesterday. last time. <laughs> yeah, and um, so this is the guy who's and always I beating on my door. And so sometimes you might hear strange noises like hammering or whatever. This is the hammer. <laughs> He's the hammer. All right. That's the hammer. Um, but yeah, so I, I feel bad now, David, because I've kind of thrown my cats, both of them, off to the side here. That's probably why you saw my arm doing this at times. <laughs> no, I, am, I am constantly trying to tame the animals. And sometimes yeah. the best strategy is just to open the door and let them come and flop down. Yeah. Um, because it's more disruption to try to shut them up and shut them out. Um, so that's that's my dog's one appearance on Skeptics and Seekers. He's 17, the cat's 21. Wow. They are yeah. still alive. Um, wow. So uh, argument number next. Jebedee there. Go ahead. Yeah. Argument number next, whatever the number argument this is, from the, from the Christian defending hiddenness is God did reveal himself. Now, frankly, I think this is the best argument that the Christians can make. I think to make any other argument than this is just to lose the battle. Um, they should just go home. But um, so I think the only thing the Christian can say, he did reveal himself and you didn't see him and they should just go full on ad hominem. Uh, you're, you're a sinner, you're rejecting God, you're... Um, you know, you're blocking out knowledge of God um, because he's he revealed himself plainly to people who uh, actually want to see him. Best best argument. It's uh, unfortunately it's 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 an easily defeatable argument, <laughs> but I do think it's the best thing that the Christian could probably 
uh, say to the argument. Uh, the problem with the with the uh, this particular defense is that God did not reveal Himself sufficiently to us. So uh, the question then becomes a matter of sufficiency. So uh, you can say, "Well, God did reveal Himself." Uh, and I can say, well, I didn't see him. And you can say, well, he may have may not have revealed himself the way you wanted to, but it was sufficient. And at that point, we are arguing over what is sufficient. I contend that you are in no position to say what is sufficient for anyone else. You can only say what is sufficient for you because sufficiency has to do with efficacy. You can't separate sufficiency and efficacy. In other words, if a thing is sufficient, then it would have the effect that it needs. You can't say a thing is sufficient, but not effective. Sufficiency and efficacy are tied together. So what is sufficient to bring about the effect for you may not be sufficient to bring about the effect for someone else. Uh, and so God revealing himself is not enough if it's insufficient. An insufficient revelation is the same as no revelation. Okay. Um, uh, what, do you, what do you want me to say? I mean, basically you made my point from the entire beginning that it's a subjective argument. And that's why I don't think it's a very good argument. It's not a uh, because argument. I could just say because I, 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 I could just case. say I just uh, again I would just say he has sufficiently revealed himself. Okay, but I just uh, made the, the case world, that it's not was, subjective. And you are and you are, but you didn't. You, you completely said it was subjective. No, I said, said it was. Subjective. I said that if it was sufficient, it would be effective. That's not subjective. That's that's objective because we we would have an, an effect. You're claiming sufficiency without effectiveness. I, and I so that's so. that's that's kind of a nonsensical position. I am I am talking about sufficiency that is effective. And so let's let's just put this in the, another realm. Let's say um, you're an engineer and you're building a, a guardrail uh, for the, a freeway for a bridge. And uh, in order for this. Um, rid this this guardrail to be useful, it has to be able to stop cars from going off the bridge, traveling at uh, legal or maybe even a little above legal um, speeds when they hit it. Now, if a car hits the guardrail within the limits of what that guardrail should be able to withstand, and it gives way, and they end up in the drink. You cannot say the guardrail was sufficient. And why, why is it not sufficient? Because it wasn't effective. So it was clearly insufficient. You cannot say that God's revelation to someone is sufficient if after having that revelation, they don't know he's there. Okay. Uh, I would say that God revealing himself would be sufficient. You're saying that that wouldn't be. You're assuming that it would be insufficient, 
right? No, I'm not assuming anything. In fact, I said just the <laughs> okay. opposite. Him revealing himself, however he revealed himself to you, might be sufficient for you. Why? Because it was effective for you. But it doesn't mean that it's sufficient for someone else. You can't just say, well, there's a one-size-all sufficiency. No, it, it doesn't work that way. And so if God is going to reveal himself to me, and you and I are different people, he's going to have to reveal himself to me in a different way because it's not sufficient. Now, maybe in people 2,000 years ago in a, in a kind of a backwater of the world uh, where education was uh, hard to come by, it may have been easier to reveal himself to those people because maybe, you know, they didn't require as much. Uh, a lot less would have been sufficient for them. Great. Not arguing with that. Fantastic. They have had a sufficient revelation. That doesn't mean that should be sufficient for you or me. Why not? I think, I think it is sufficient. I think no, you think that the, you think that what's sufficient for, for one sufficient. piece. Wait, wait. You think that what's sufficient for one person should be sufficient for everybody? Yeah, I mean, it, like I said, I mean, we're defined. What is sufficient? I just defined that several times. Let me say it again. I, if, I don't it, think I don't think you have the right definition. I, I can't speak to it because it's 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 incoherent to me. Really? Yeah. So you you really you really divorce sufficiency from efficacy. You think that a, a thing could give me an example where you think something is sufficient but not effective. I don't have one right now. Okay. Well then, then I'd say you're full of sophistry. <laughs> you're just fine. you're just trying to disagree, but you can't you don't even know why you disagree. You just know that if you I, agree, I don't your argument is doomed. No, I, I don't I no, I just don't understand your your line of question. Okay, here. then give me think, then give me an example think, where think, something can be I sufficient. Think, I think the arguments effective. from theism, I think the arguments of theism are sufficient uh, for people whom? can make. Uh, for uh, whom? I think they're generally sufficient to Gener make. A, so everybody for everybody. Yeah, I do think there is that 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 everybody can come to the same. Really? What about yeah. what about people who can't understand uh, those high uh, browse philosophical arguments? They, they wouldn't mean anything for those people. Well, I mean, so so you would have to you would have is, to reveal yourself in some other way, right? Maybe I, I don't know. What do you mean? I, maybe? I don't know. I if don't know. Okay, I so don't have an answer you, for this. What one. you're saying is that you, you agree with me that sufficiency for one person is not sufficiency for everybody, and that Possibly. sufficiency has to be effective if it's sufficient. Mm, I okay, give me an I've example where think, something is sufficient think. but not effective. I mean, we've got uh, 19 minutes uh, before a hard stop. I'll be glad to give you all 19 minutes to come up with an example. Okay, I'm not so, prepared for that, man. I don't. I don't have an argument for it. Okay, I, I just don't. I'd have to. I'd have to research it out, and I have to look into. I don't have all the answers. Well, okay. I, so I, I don't I have take, the answers there. I take one answer, but that's fine. Uh, so God did reveal himself. I do um, believe he did reveal himself. Right. And, and I'm not, this argument, even, this argument way. isn't even that he didn't reveal himself. I think that 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 way was effective, obviously. Uh, so it was effective for the people it was effective for, but not for other people. Well, it I wasn't think, sufficient. And in order for, uh, in, in order for God to be considered moral at all, or to have revealed himself to everyone, then it has to be sufficient for everyone. 
you know, if you do a magic trick to a person who has never seen a magic trick before, they would believe that you have superpowers. Maybe you do have superpowers, but you just show them a, a trivial magic trick that anybody could do, and that was sufficient for them. I know better. That wouldn't work for me. You'd have to do something different for me. Um, sufficiency is not the same for all people. It's a ridiculous idea. Um, uh, another one of the Christian's arguments, I am trying to get through this because once again, I'm uh, recognize our stop here. Uh, God is doing us a favor uh, by not revealing uh, himself. Uh, I want to, <laughs> I don't think I have time for both of the points here. I said that I've got four points here. So God is doing us um, a favor. You, you point, you, uh, hinted at this earlier, and uh, this is where I wanted you to bring bring up your point that you were talking about earlier. So, if you remember that where that you had it on a piece of paper, and you were yeah, I had it written down on my phone. Uh, the now I can't even remember off the top of my head right now. Okay, <laughs> I haven't even me, had me, my first cup of coffee for, this morning yet. So that's fine. Let me talk for a couple of minutes. Maybe we'll come back to you. Um, so the Christian argument is that, you know, if God uh, just kind of threw himself uh, out there where we could see him and know for sure, uh, then, uh, then that would be bad for us somehow. And in fact, when you talked about this earlier, you used words like forcing himself. Uh, yes. uh, yeah. which, which seems to be patently absurd to me. It's okay. Patently absurd. Am I forcing myself on you by showing up on video and a microphone and proving uh, without a reasonable doubt that I am here? No, I got to go back to the art. The, the, uh, yeah, I, I just the... don't understand what Christians are talking about when they say that sort of thing. Like, we can't handle the God. If, if he put himself out there, we couldn't. He made us. He made us to be in relationship. What do you mean we couldn't handle it? If we knew for sure he was there, this is what this is what he apparently does for many Christians. They can handle it. Well, I don't. I don't know what on earth you're talking about that we couldn't handle the, the truth about God. God would be forcing Himself on us. First of all, He's not forcing Himself on me. I'm begging to see Him. Begging. This is not one of those situations where no means no. Don't touch me that way, God. No. Come, come on, me spirit. <laughs> Here I am. Uh, no need to force doors wide open. Let's see you. What are you talking about? Um, I don't. I, I think that when you you come to God, and you're asking for that type of evidence, I think He wants a a non coercive type of of relationship. That it's not coercive. It I'm very not, well could be. I mean, no, you're dealing with not, an all-powerful I'm being. Asking for an audience with begging. He cannot coerce me by responding to my request. <laughs> it's, it, we've we've removed coercion. There's two way. There's at least one way consent here. So words like force and coercion and removing choice and things like that's not true. That's not true with me. Maybe it's true with some atheists. Maybe some atheists don't want to have anything to do with God. They don't want to see him. They want to know. I do. There's no coercion. What are you talking about? Let's see if I can find my notes, because 
Look, I know, that, I know that we have a fairly short time and you can come back uh, at any time in the uh, week, put, uh, put up some sources. Uh, whatever yeah, you I would have to. I would have uh, to look, David, because, I, I, you know, we, we went off on several different rabbit trails. That's fine. So, but just um, speaking, just speaking logically, this is the kind of thing that Christians often say. And so with or without any particular notes, you should be able to uh, address my um, necessarily because I don't want to misspeak. Why would okay. I want to give you a half a half butt answer on that? I would want well, to give you a good answer. I think you're owed that. Well, yeah, I'm not. I don't really owed anything, but <laughs> that's so you don't even fine. believe the <laughs> crap you're putting out today. So I don't. I don't think I'm owed anything from you. <laughs> so you're not the one who's going to send me to hell. <laughs> so um, you're cool. I'm glad you're here. Um, yeah, got this idea that somehow we would we would lose our free will once again to invoke Teddy uh, on one of the worst arguments she's ever made about anything ever, um, and she's not alone uh, on this. By the way, I've heard many other people say uh, the same thing. So not just picking on Teddy. Uh, I'm just trying to uh, stir her out of hibernation, get her <laughs> get her on the board. Um, the it, it's the idea that well, but God wants us to have faith in Him. And if he just showed up, then he would take away our ability to have faith. But you know, the problem with that argument, besides it just being ridiculous, is it means that faith is exactly what we atheists have said it meant the whole time, which is to believe in things that you don't know. Uh, and, what, and what Teddy and others are saying is, well, God wants you to believe in him, but not know for sure it's true. And Christians are saying, no, God wants you to know it's true uh, for sure it's true, and here's the evidence. Other Christians are saying, yeah, he wants you to know the truth, and here's the evidence. Um, no, when it comes to this argument, though, suddenly uh, we have to have the kind of faith that where we don't know for sure, um, you know, and God doesn't want to take that away from us by having us know for sure. That That's just dumb. That's just, uh, that's dumb. Okay. okay then. <laughs> well, what was I was trying, trying to look through my uh, my notes. I can't find it. That's okay. You uh, um, you still got you still got another opportunity. I'm going to hit this last bullet point here, and then we will have gotten through the entire note before the yeah, dude. My you, window you, slams on us. You went through um, your your thousand point three thousand word argument here that yeah, I haven't I got, really got a chance to look at. Yeah, I got one more. Uh, God is only interested in saving in saving relationships. Um, in other words, salvific relationships, not simply in being known by people. Uh, so I don't have time to read out the post, but I will mention that Mac Attack uh, on the board addressed this. If you want to hear uh, or see a Christian response to this, Mac Attack uh, dealt with this on the board. Uh, he is wrong. I dealt with him on the board. Um, I spanked him. Uh, he went away crying. He hasn't returned. Please come back, Magatac. None of this is really true, uh, but he did. <laughs> he did address some of this um, on the board. And so the the way this argument uh, goes is, God God doesn't really want people to know Him. That's not His point at all. He only wants to save people. And if you're one of those people who is not going to follow him, even if he revealed himself to you, there's no point in him revealing himself to you. That's, that's kind of the, 
outline of how this argument goes. Uh, my response to that is simply this. Okay, <laughs> that's fine. You, God, have decided uh, in your wisdom that I would not be affected by knowing that you are real. And so this decision is, you're, you're just Calvinist at that point, the, the moment you say that. Because God has already decided who I am and what I am. And he's already decided that he's not going to reveal uh, himself to me. And so I never get a chance to see him because God knows I wouldn't accept him. You're just a Calvinist at that point, And we're pretty much done talking. And I think that's why McAttack responded to this one, because he is a Calvinist. <laughs> so um, that's, uh, and he uh, responded, I think, in a very Calvinist kind of way, which I think a lot of other Christians would dismiss. But I, I just find that a non-starter from the beginning. So if you want to say uh, that God doesn't really want to have anything to do with you if he knows that you're not going to follow him anyway, then why did he, why did he put us here? Why am I going through like, kill me now! Just take me out of this now. Why am I here? What's the point? Okay. Yeah, I, I, hear, right? I, I mean, that's, that's, that's such a, it's such a ridiculous and hopelessly lost argument for anyone who's not a Calvinist. Because for the Calvinist, th there's a reason for why we're here. We're here kind of as non-player characters for the Christians. <laughs> NPCs, <laughs> baby. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's all we are. Um, but if you don't buy that, then you're going to have to come up with something better than, well, God only wants to reveal himself to people who are going to accept him. Otherwise, we've just been prejudged. I don't know why we're here. So, um, right. So that's the, those are the, those are the points. Yeah. Um, and I would love to be able to address your final points. Uh, I didn't read them. I didn't get that far. Yeah. Um, well, I did only skim the, the top, uh, probably the first two points. If you, um, if you want to submit uh, a post, here's what you have to do. This is all you have to do because you're actually uh, a moderator too. So you don't even need me to yeah. do it. Just uh, write uh, out whatever response you want, put it in the blogs in line, and then click on a little squirrely thing um, uh, at the, on the right-hand side uh, across from your name, and then uh, choose uh, pin post to the top. There's, there's a, an option to pin the post. You just pin it there and it will show up at the top of the list in a different color and it'll look like an official post. You can do that. Just, right. just put in whatever response you want to there, put in whatever probably... sources you like to right there and that will work. All right. right. I will and do so. so. But yeah, you... I would agree with you on that aspect. If, if God, why would he put people here if he didn't even desire that all should be saved i think that is a problem that would be a problem yeah so, so. with that um let's go ahead and wrap this up um just once again i know you gotta go yes all right all right good good uh good talk uh hiddenness of god is this everything that uh, i wanted to say about it no uh, I, wish I mean, we David, we could we could continue this on because it is a big topic. It is. I, I wish I could have spent a little bit more time uh, un, unpacking some of this instead of yeah. just kind of running through it. Yeah. And, you know, you might have some people that you want to bring in on this. So let me let me invite you to do this. Uh, I've got the next couple of weeks probably sealed up on SNS, but um, let me invite this. Uh, if you have some slots on your show, 
and you'd like to continue this further, bring on some other people, uh, invite me onto that and right. we'll, con we'll continue the conversation. So uh, 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 proselytize or apostatize folks, if there's a round two and beyond, uh, look for it there, we'll announce it. All right. We'll uh, throw a little bit of, a uh, little bit of uh, audience to uh, Hoa. Yes, because- or yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear, yeah, proselytize or apostatize. It's okay. Yeah, so we'll we'll do that. Um, in the meantime, uh, next week, uh, next week we will have what I am fairly sure, <laughs> increasingly more certain, are a series of thirty-minute interviews with uh, different people, mostly skeptics, but I, I do want to get some Christians in there on uh, if there is a god and if we skeptics knew there was a god what would our response be would we worship god the answer i suspect for most of us is no it is no for me um and i want to defend why uh that is that still makes us honest interrogators when we when we have these shows we're we're honest conversants even though we wouldn't worship uh why should god show up to people who wouldn't worship uh well we'll answer that um is there any scenario where we would worship we'll answer that uh and yeah i think it's probably fair to bring on a christian or two just to ask us some of the tough questions that uh, in, in case you think that i won't ask them tough enough questions but you should know me by now and his and his response has already codified this entire show today about nope. passive non-resistors okay so believe that i win on that one buddy but You're i done. but i will <laughs> but i will but i will answer that next week um as opposed to trying to shoehorn that into this week uh i will just leave that out there as a as a mm. tease for christians you think that you have a trump card you do not um oh lord so we we'll go. we'll see we'll see that next week uh do you want to do you want to be uh a, a part of those interviews you want to be an interrogator um Russell? Yeah, I think I might jump on. Yeah, okay. I would like so to. I'm gonna do, I mean, I'm gonna I have do two one debates of those that day. I have two debates that day. So it's it, it's one I'm hosting, and then I got to redo the one that was lost through OBS. So. Right. Right. Well, it, some of these will happen throughout the week, I think. Uh, so, okay. for instance, I'm going to do one later today. Um, and some they'll happen throughout the week, but I'll put them together Saturday or Sunday. Uh, I suspect uh, some will happen Saturday. All right. So, uh, yeah, if you want to be uh, uh, an interrogator for one or two of those, uh, be happy to have you so that so that you Christians will not accuse us of dodging the tough questions. <laughs> we, we have no desire to dodge the tough questions. And we, we don't have a Christian on the show. Anyone who's listened to the show knows I am the tough questions. <laughs> I, don't, I don't mind poking at uh, skeptics. Uh, I like making them uncomfortable. That's my role. So uh, with that, that's what's going on next week. Uh, the conversation about the hiddenness of God, I think it will continue, uh, maybe not on a show uh, on Skeptics and Seekers, but uh, watch the POA schedule from that, and we'll be announcing uh, when we'll have further conversation. Uh, anything you want to announce before we uh, run off here, Russell? No, no, I'm good. All right. Uh, until next time. And until I figure out how to, how do you stop this thing? Do, <laughs> I'm not a zoom guy. <laughs> okay, here it goes. All right. Thanks guys.